If you'll open your Bibles this morning to the, the book of Psalms, chapter number 50, the 50th Psalm. I want to show you one verse. It's verse number 15. Psalm 50 and verse number 15. The Bible says, call to me in the day of trouble. Say that with me. Call to me in the day of trouble. That's the first line. The second line, God said, and I will deliver you. Say that with me. And then it says, and you shall glorify me. That is a tremendous verse, and it tells us several things about life, several things about God. First of all, it says to us that in life we are going to have some trouble. It's just a part of the human experience. We live in a fallen world, and sometimes difficult and hard things happen. So that's the first lesson we learn. The second lesson we learn is... That when we have trouble, we're supposed to call on God and ask Him to help us and ask Him to see us through the trouble. The next lesson we learn is that when we call on God, He will hear us and He will answer our prayers. And one way or another, God will deliver us from whatever it is that we are going through. He will always deliver us ultimately and eventually. And then the next thing we learn is that after God delivers us, we are supposed to glorify Him. We're supposed to thank God for coming through for us, for answering our prayer, for seeing us through. We're supposed to glorify God for delivering us. And so, ladies and gentlemen, that is the sermon for the day. How do you like that? Don't you wish they were all that short? That is it. Now, what I could do for the next half hour is stand up here and make that longer and tell stories and, you know, extrapolate on that. Or I could do something better. I could invite a very special person to join me on this platform. For the first time in six months, my mama is back in church. Can we welcome her today? Thank you. Oh, thank you so much. <laughs> you know, before I <coughs> stepped up here, my husband wanted to encourage me. And so he said, well, you know, you're real emotional. And he said, when you see all those people, no telling what you're going to do. And I said, well, thanks for that emotion. He said, because you know, all their eyes are on you. And I said, oh, mercy. And I punched Joel and I said, would you go take my place? <laughs> but I cannot tell you how much I've missed this church. There's no way I can tell. And you, the church, is the people. And I have missed seeing you all Sunday in and Sunday out. And I was reading yesterday in Psalms 122 that said, I was glad when they said unto me, let us go into the house of the Lord. And I said, oh, what joy, what joy. I am going to church tomorrow. All of my life, I've gone to church. I, my parents, I was blessed with Christian parents. And when I was an infant, they took me. And they were really strange. My father never read about Dr. Spock. And he thought he had the Bible. And he was going to do what the Bible said. So Sunday morning, Sunday night, Wednesday night, guess what? I was at church. So when I've been out of church for six months, that is real foreign to me. And so the joy... The joy that's in my heart this morning. I mean, I just praise God and I just thank him. And the verse that John read, we called upon God. We said, God, we're in a situation 
if you don't help us, we don't know what we're going to do. And he said, do not worry. You call on me in the day of trouble. And we did. All of our family did. And he delivered us. And then he said, you will glorify me. And so this morning, what I want to do is to honor the Father and glorify him for his goodness to us all these days and all these weeks and all of this chemo and all this stuff that you just have to go through and that's okay, I praise God for it. And so, but one thing I want to thank you for more than anything is your prayers. You all have prayed for us and we could fill those prayers they just infiltrated our home. You prayed for me, and you prayed for John, and you prayed for Charles, and you prayed for Joel and Jody and Charlie, Joe and Joel, because we're a family. And when one hurts, we all hurt. And you know, we are a family. Our church is a family, and we rejoice for each other in happy times. But then when one of you hurt, we all hurt, and that's the way God wants it to be. So thank you, thank you, thank you for your faithful prayers that have seen us through every phase of this. And I'm, I'm not going to burst out singing, but I'd almost sing that song again. God is so good. He's so good to us no matter what we're going through. How have I done so far? Hey, Mom, <laughs> you've done great. I haven't even asked the first question. You've already gone five minutes. So you've done, <laughs> you've done fantastic. We're just glad to have you oh, back. I glad to be here. I cannot tell you. My heart is so happy. And you know, tears, tears, uh, it's so, I think it takes a strong person to cry. I used to tell the boys when they were growing up, I said, it's okay to cry. It's a, it's, it takes a strong person to cry. And that tears are so special to God that he just bundles them up and he has a bowl in heaven. And he keeps those tears because when we have those tears, we're saying to God, we love you. And please help us, and we worship you, and we adore you. And listen, I'm just a teardrop waiting to fall anyway. So, <laughs> <laughs> so anyway, but these are happy tears. Happy tears okay, it's your turn. <laughs> no, happy tears. Well, we're just we're just glad that you're back. That's thank the you. main thank thing. Thank you. It's, thank it's you. First Baptist is better when you're here. <laughs> thank you. Thank you. Thank you. Well, I've got lots of questions okay. today. Okay. Okay. And uh, we were talking last night on the phone, and. She said, John, when you ask a question, what am I going to do if I don't know what to say or if I give a short answer? I said, Mom, that's not going to be a problem, I don't think. You're going to give good answers and full answers. But before we get into some of the more substantive questions, just tell us how you, you look beautiful. How do you feel? I feel wonderful. I have energy. And the doctor says, okay, you cannot be amongst people uh, because your immune system is low. So if I don't hug you, I'm hugging you right now. So would you receive this hug? Just reach your arms out. Reach them out. And this, I'm hugging you. Okay, now you hug me. Do the same way. And I'll receive it. Now see, so we've done that kind of hugging. But the doctor said no huggings, no getting close to people because your resistance is low. Your immune system is low. And so you, you just would catch anything. So anyway, I made, we made a covenant. I did with that doctor. I said, okay, now you're my doctor. So whatever you do, I'm, whatever you say, I'm going to do. So that's, but I feel, but that's not what you asked. I feel wonderful. <laughs> well, you look great, and the immune system's coming back up. And oh, it's, it's just up. a matter oh, of time. Yes, yes, it'll be up. It'll be up. Yes, and on uh, December 17th, I have another CT scan and all that stuff, that follow-up stuff, and the blood test, and it will show. 
And I know that everything's coming up because I feel so good. You feel good. I do you feel good. good. You look great. Thank you. You know, Mom, it says in the Bible, in the Old Testament, we read a verse in Proverbs, for example, that says, don't boast about tomorrow. Yes. You don't know what a day may no, bring. exactly. And in the New Testament, it basically says the same thing. It says that our life is like a vapor. Yes. It's here for a moment and then it's gone. Absolutely. And so we know that life is fragile. Absolutely. Tell us today how that became a reality okay, for you. Okay, I'll be glad to. On May 2nd, uh, Charles and I were driving into Houston and I was having a routine test that the doctor said, I don't expect to find anything, but this is what I feel like we need to do. So driving up there, we were trying to decide um, uh, where we would have dinner that night. And I told him, I said, surely I get to choose because I'm the one having the test. And he said, okay, but let me see what you're going to say. So anyway, we had that. It was just, it was a jestful conversation. And so we got up to Houston and we had the test and, and the doctor kept reassuring me. He said, I don't expect to see a thing because he said, I think you're doing well. I said, listen, I am not sick. I am doing wonderful. And then maybe an hour later or something, I heard him. And when I was getting dressed, I heard him say, would you please call Dr. Redmond? And I thought, oh, this is not good. And so when he came back, uh, Charles came back, the doctor said, I didn't expect to see any of this, but you got a problem. And he said, you need to see a hematologist oncologist. And I thought, oh my goodness, that doesn't sound good. And he said, you've got lymphoma. I don't think I even knew what lymphoma was. It's a form of cancer. You probably know all about it. But anyway, and he said, but it's treatable and it's curable. And so uh, I remember thinking the plans that we had a lot of things planned for the summer, a lot of things planned for the fall, and they just took second place. So, no, don't, don't worry about tomorrow because we don't know what tomorrow brings. But what we need to do is be ready for tomorrow. Right. And the shock of that oh, diagnosis. shock. Uh, oh, mercy. You know, I, got, I, had, I was meeting with a family that day at church, and I got back to my office, and Dad had sent a text to me telling about this. And it just, it just shocked all of us. But uh, what was your initial response when you heard the word cancer or lymphoma? Well, I really, I just... I guess it was anxiety. I was not afraid because I knew it was going to be okay because I knew that I knew whichever way it went that God was going to take care of me. And I knew that I would be healed here or either in heaven. And I was good with that. So I knew it was going to be okay. But my response was not, I wasn't afraid, but I was just, there was anxiety. And I thought, oh, cancer? Okay, now what does that mean? What is there ahead of me? And that's kind of what, that's what I, that my thoughts are my thoughts. And mom, we know that God directs our steps. Yes, the, yes. The, the scripture is clear on that, that when we're trying to make a decision in life, God is orchestrating and yes. leading us. Now, yes. in your particular case, the urologist who found the lymphoma actually yes. recommended yes. you to one doctor. Yes. And yet there were others who were saying you might should go to MD Anderson right. with this. And so that was a major decision. Yes, yes. And so talk to us a little bit about how God did lead you to MD Anderson and the significance, the significance of that. It was wonderful. It was just so wonderful. We have a, a doctor in our church, and he referred me to Dr. Uh, Maria Rodriguez, who was, was the head of the lymphoma department at MD Anderson. And so we had an appointment with her on Wednesday, and then on uh, that Friday we were going to the other doctor, and 
I really didn't want to go to MD Anderson. I was intimidated by MD Anderson. It's just so big. It's so big. And I thought I'd, I just would rather go to a smaller hospital. And so I kind of made my mind up before I even met Dr. Rodriguez. Well, then when I met her, it was like God said, and, and you and Daddy and Joel were with me that day. And we all felt in our heart of hearts that God said, this is the doctor that I've chosen for you. And this is the one that I, and I can, do I need to tell him how good it was that, now is that another question? Whatever you It'll be okay? It'll be fine. <laughs> I asked him to do this because when I even teach a Sunday school class, I have notes. I even have commas and periods and paragraphs. And so I knew if I came up here with that, I wouldn't say a thing to me. I've lost my train of thought. But anyway, uh, I know my Sunday school class is glad that they've had some real teachers for these days. But anyway, it was so important, and we found that out a little bit later, because the chemo, chop, which is what Dr. Rodriguez prescribed, which that's a very standard, uh, treatment. standard treatment for what I had. Normally, uh, people have six treatments of eight hours each, so that's 48 hours. Right. Okay. Now, my treatment was extended over 300-plus hours, and it was the same amount, but she did it differently and more slowly. So that probably saved my life. I, if, it had, if I had been had that given to me so quickly, probably. Mom, Mom tell us about good. when we were in, in her office that day, and she was showing us the, the scans and the images, and she was explaining the treatment. And uh, I'll let you tell the story, but she said, you have two strikes yes, against you. Yes, you, she did. I mean, she was talking to us, and... And she was looking me eyeball to eyeball, and I thought, I wish you'd look to my three men over here. You're making me nervous. And she was telling me all these things about what I had. And I thought, oh, my gracious. And then she said, but there's something else. And I thought, well, go ahead and let me have it. <laughs> let me hear it all right now. And she said, you've got two strikes against you. She said, one thing, this lymphoma covers your right kidney. And she said, secondly, your age. Well, I didn't too much like her saying that because I never thought I was old. But anyway, she said it. <laughs> I didn't agree with her, but she said it. And she said, I'm not sure if your heart and your kidneys will be able to take this treatment. And I remember I was thinking, but God can. That kept going through my mind. God can. God can. And so I, when she said that, she after she knew I was just really probably about to fall under, she said, now let me ask you, do you need a chaplain? And I said, ma'am, I got three right here. <laughs> and then I heard them say together, we need one. Yeah, we needed, we needed a chaplain bad, bad. That's what they said. And I said, may I say something? And she said, certainly. And I said, first of all, I want to tell you, I appreciate MD Anderson. It is a wonderful place. And it has helped so many people. And Dr. Rodriguez, I feel that God sent me to you. And I appreciate you. And I know that you're the one that God wanted me to have at this particular time. And I said, but third, let me tell you something. I'm a Christian. And I know that my times are in his hands. And so I'm okay, whichever way. I said, I want to be healed. I do want to be healed. But if that's not what God has for me, that's okay because I'll be with him. And so I finished my little talk. And then I, I think John was sitting by me and I turned and I said, would you pray? <laughs> and so 
That was how that visit went. And it, it, was, it was hard, but it was good. Well, she was honest. She, she was, was painfully, very honest. On, painfully honest. You, I, I didn't tell you all the things that she told me. I mean, I didn't know if I was going to make it to get to the door when she was telling me all these things. You know, I thought, oh, my goodness gracious. She was pain, That's a good way of saying it. She was painfully honest. Painfully yes. honest. Yes. The, uh, the mass, the tumor that you had, had covered up your right kidney. Yes. It had covered up pretty much half of your abdomen yes. and was moving towards your heart, towards yes. your aorta. Yes. And that was the concern. And so we'll fast forward just maybe even to later on that day or the next day. I think it was the next day when you started your first round of chemo in MD Anderson. Right, right. And uh, they were so concerned about your kidneys that they had said to you, you may have to go on dialysis immediately once we start this treatment. Right. And they had said, you're going to have to... Be... Tell us about when they were reading you. By this time, it was just you and Dad yes. in the uh, room. Yes, it Joel was hard. <laughs> y'all, why did y'all leave? Anyway, <laughs> they <laughs> but, left. But before but, that, I do want to say this, and I think this is out of order. But before that happened, when we left Dr. Rodriguez's office, I said, okay, Charles, take me about Walgreens drugstore. I want to get some... Uh, uh, index cards and spiral this and I said I've got to write some verses on this so we went home and I went to Bethel that's where I pray and God just gave me all these verses and so I wrote all these verses down and by the way we prayed these together I have a wonderful husband he's so patient with me but anyway he never left my side and we prayed these verses together every morning and every night so then we went on down to MD Anderson, checked in the hospital. You and Joel left, and here we were, Daddy and me. Oh, my goodness gracious, the two weakest of the four, I guess, that Charles is strong. I'm the weaker. And so they said, okay, we're going to start your treatment. And so, but it didn't get started until about 10, 30, 11 that night. And so we were there, and they had me all hooked up. And, and the nurse said, before we start this treatment, we're not sure you can take it. And I thought, yes, I've heard that. Don't tell me that again. <laughs> and she said, but what we're going to do, uh, I'm reading you all the side effects. And she did. And I thought, oh, my gracious. And I thought, God, you're going to help me. I know you are. You're going to help me. And so anyway, she said, now, we're going to have to check your vital signs every uh, 15 minutes to see if you're making it you can do it you can take it and then every 30 minutes after we do that for an hour and then every so often and and, and we can see how if we we can't slow it down anymore but we're going to see if your body can take this and I said okay I don't have any choice here I am all hooked up and uh, so Charles was sitting over here and I said Charles would you take these verses and would you read these verses to me while I'm getting this chemo, would you do that? And he said, sure, God love his heart. So he sat there, he took, me, took my hand, and then he started reading these verses, and here I was. And when he'd read a verse, I would claim a verse, and he got to reading that verse that says, Dottie Redmond, I am your God. I'm going to take care of you. I am going to hold you up with my righteous right hand. Do not worry about chemo because I am bigger than chemo and I am here with you. And I raised up my, I raised up my hand and I said, oh God, here's my hand. And I literally, in my heart, I felt his hand reach down and touch my hand. And I thought, as long as you are holding my hand, whatever happens, I'm okay. And guess what? I went to sleep. <laughs> 
And Daddy kept reading all these verses. And, but that was that experience. And you had of, none of the side effects, thankfully. I had no side effect. I mean, I felt wonderful. I kept telling I told Dr. Rodriguez, I said, I am not sick. I feel good. She said, ma'am, if you could have seen the CT scan, you'd been bent double <laughs> or been brought in on a, on a stretcher. Now, listen, I, I think you're not a realist, but I'm telling you, you're sick. <laughs> <laughs> and I can't tell anybody I'm not, but I was. But anyway, God, this is what God can do for you, no matter what you're going through. It doesn't matter. As long as you have Jesus, there's always hope, whatever it is. Okay, I had lymphoma. You have, maybe you have sicknesses. Maybe you have financial problems. Maybe you have emotional problems. Maybe you have family problems. I don't care. We all have some kind of problem. But, but we have a God who is bigger than any problem that we will have. And if we, you know, he, God told me early on, yes, that's right, to him be the glory. He is bigger than any problem you have. I don't care what it is. And God told me early on, oh, my goodness, my hair. <laughs> and I'll have to confess, I have learned that my identity is not in my hair. <laughs> this is a wonderful, uh, what do you call it, Jewel? Little Jewel, what do you call it? Uh, garment, garment, garment. 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 Uh, but anyway, I have to, I don't like to look in that thing right there. But now I have completely lost my thought. What was I talking about? Okay, anyway, anyway, God just said, okay, listen, Dottie Redmond, you are mine. I have called you by name, and you belong to me. And I'm going to take care of you, whichever way it goes. I am taking care of you. And so he said, but there's one thing I want you to do. He said, you keep your focus on my presence. Don't focus on the problem. I mean, admit you have it, but don't go lollygagging around about, I've got lymphoma, I'm in bad shape, this chemo is killing No. You just keep, and then Jimmy, you would have been so proud. I, I, I said verses all the time. And then one day I was getting a, um, a PET scan. Oh gosh, I never heard one of those. And I was in a room by myself for one hour. I had to drink something so everything would show up and contrast, whatever. And I thought, that door is so big and I'm here by myself. If I call them, they couldn't hear me. Hear me. Of course, they said that there's a button over here, push it. So I started singing in the presence of Jehovah. I'm not going to sing it, don't worry. But I sang it, and I sang that song because God told me, you concentrate on my presence, not on the problem. If you concentrate on the problem, whatever it is, you will go completely bonkers. But as long as we have God with us, and I say this again, as long as we have Jesus, we always have hope. Amen. I know I got off a track. I'm no, sorry. No, no, no. You're uh... <laughs> Your answers are better than my questions, so keep doing what you're doing. The, uh, you, you, you finished your first treatment, yes. and then thankfully after the second treatment, they did another PET scan, and we praise God the lymphoma was, it was gone, gone at that it point. Was gone. But you had to finish out the yes. remaining four yes. rounds yes. of the chemo. Was there ever a time in this process, either early on or during the treatment, when you just had a thought run through your mind, I'm not sure if I'm going to make it? Did you, ever, did you ever think that? I never thought I was going to die. I didn't, and it would have been okay if I would have, if it was, you know, my, I told the doctor, and the Bible tells us our times are in his hands, so I was good with that. So I didn't think I was going to make it. I wasn't sure if I could make it through chemo. I mean, I was, I hate to say I was pretty sick, but I, chemo has a way of doing that too. It's good, but anyway, I remember one time, 
There were three times when Daddy called in the forces. He'd, he'd, this is where he'd call my boys. He'd say, come quickly and hang the phone up. That's what they had to do, hop up, and they didn't know if I died or what happened. But anyway, I remember one of those times I had gotten out of bed, and it was, this was early on, and I just fell on the floor. And so he came over, uh, Charles, and said, let me put you back in the bed. And I said, I can't get up. I don't think I'm going to be able to make it. And, but I did make it. But there were times when I was going through chemo, if I had thought about chemo and had not thought about God's presence, I would not have been able to endure what it was. But it was okay. And with God's help, we can do anything. So, so you had the thought run through your mind, yes. but you had to confront that oh, with, the, with the Bible and, oh, and with uh, your faith. And these verses, I'm telling you, they're out there. There's some out there in the foyer. I saw them yesterday. If you need those to give to anybody, just please pick it up. Because these, these, this is not my verses. This, this is God's word. This is God's story. God helped me at every turn. And I'm telling you, one thing that's so good about being in church, if I can say this, I may, already, I may have already said it, streaming is wonderful. I, th- I thank God for it. But when you are with believers, that's why God says we do not need to forsake being together. Because the Holy Spirit in you reaches out and and the Holy Spirit in me and the Holy Spirit in all of us comes together. And can you imagine if we were all led by the Holy Spirit, what we could do? We could change this town. We could change this country. It's the Holy Spirit that is in each of us if we would just let it be activated. It's with us when we became a Christian. It's with us, so it's here. But we have a choice. Do we let the Holy Spirit guide and rule in our life? Or do we let whatever we're going through guide and rule in our life? No. I said, Lord, I am not doing that because that would not be good for me. It would not be good for my family and it would not bring you glory. I am not doing that because you, Lord Jesus, rule my life in the good, the bad, and the indifferent. Amen. Amen. Mom, I don't think we ever told the congregation, but there was one day we were at MD Anderson and she was waiting to see her doctor and she was coming off one of these chemos where her, her blood counts were down. She was extremely weak. She was dehydrated. We didn't even know you were dehydrated uh, yeah. at the time, but she was. And she was in a wheelchair and you, you passed out in the, in the lobby yeah. there and the medical people did a code blue. And so that means that medical personnel just start coming all from the hospital, from that unit, and they, they took you back and hooked you up to an IV. What do you remember about the, the code blue day? Well, one thing, I was out. <laughs> I, do know, I do remember I was out. But I remember when I woke up, I was back in a room, and I was on this table, and they were giving me IVs, and all these doctors were around me, and I thought, why in the world are they here? They're making me nervous. And so uh, I said, uh, oh, one of the nurses said, you're gray. And I said, well, I'll be better in just a minute. <laughs> do you have any Gatorade? That will help me get better. And so, but I remember when I saw that, I thought, I came real close to go into heaven. And, and that was okay. I never, I just want to say it again. I never feared dying. I never did. I wanted to live, but I did not fear dying. But anyway, they got me uh, back up. I mean, they gave me the, the IVs that I needed. And that's what I remember all those, when I was waking up, all those doctors over me. Yeah. Mom, one day we were coming back from the, from the hospital. And on this particular day, it was me and you and dad, and I was driving. You were in the front, and we were coming up 45, and you said, John, I want to tell you something I never have told you. 
And I thought, well, did I didn't that scare you to I, death? Yeah, because I didn't think there was anything we hadn't, we hadn't talked about. But uh, you said, I want to tell you about a prayer that I prayed for you and Joel when you were very, very young. And tell, that, it, it encouraged and blessed me. Tell, tell them about that. I always wanted to be a good mother. That was really my ambition in life was to be a good mother and a good wife. That's what I felt that God called me to be. And so I prayed for these two boys. I said, oh, God. Help me to be a mother that will teach them how to live. I want to teach them how to live. I want to teach them to love your word. I want to teach them to love church. And I want to teach them to pray. And I want, this is what I, I just, this is my desire. I want to teach them how to live. And if you, if you, learn, if you learn how to live, life is much better. I'm telling you, not, it's not perfect, but it's much better. And you have to learn how to live before you learn how to die. And I said, God, just please help me to teach these boys that I love with all my heart. Teach, help me to teach them how to live and how to die. Because I thought when the time comes to, for them to die, probably I'll be in heaven. But God, you will be with them. And help them to have no fear, none whatsoever. And I want them to have so much trust in you that whatever comes their way, they will live and live it to your glory, whatever it is, God. I want them to know how to live. And then I want them, when the time comes, to know how to die. Well, thankfully, you're still living. I'm That's living. That's the main thing. <laughs> but, you know, you, I, you showed all of us how to walk through a dark valley with, with grace and with faith and trust in God. And Let me tell you, if God had not walked with me, sometimes we underestimate what we have in Jesus I mean, we really underestimate what we have in him. If he had not walked with me and encouraged me and reminded me that I was in his presence and reminded me that all I had was God, but that's all I needed. And whatever you're going through right now, maybe you think, oh, I don't have anything. But listen, you have God. You have God. And when you have God, when you realize I don't have anything else, then you realize, hey, that's all I need. Mom, i got a couple more questions I want okay. to ask you, but before I do, uh, okay. you know, we all pick on Dad, yeah. right? Because he's such an easy target <laughs> to pick on. But, you know, you had a pick line that was uh, in you for yes. four months. Four months. And every day, uh, I mean, you, you, we, we pick on Dad, we kid about that, but he, he's a great husband hey. and a good nurse for you. So what Let about... Let me tell you, that man right there, he never left my side, ever. And he was so patient with me. I cannot tell you. He'd lift me up out of the floor and he'd say, you're going to be okay. And he never lost his patience with me. And then I had a pick line. I didn't even know what a pick line was. I mean, I didn't know any of these things. And it was in my arm dangling. And I had to wear it for four hours every day. You had to wear it for four months. I mean, excuse me, four, four hours, months. four months. It seemed like four years. Yeah, thank you for correcting me. I had to wear it for four months every morning. When he'd get me up and fix my breakfast, he'd say, we've got to clean those pick lines. And, he clean, and they never one time got stopped up. He was there the whole time reading. <laughs> reading my verses with me twice a day, encouraging me and doing those pick lines. And that wasn't too much fun for him, <laughs> I'm sure. But he did it lovingly. He did. Well, y'all are a good team, Mom. And... Uh... 
It's a, that's, a, that's a special blessing. Thank you. A uh, couple of more questions here. What would you say to the person out here today? You already said that we're all facing something. Absolutely. It may not be. Hopefully Absolutely. It's, hopefully it's not something this serious. Yeah, that's right. But for right. some people today, it may be. What would you say to the person today who's fighting a battle and they just feel like they've lost hope and they're about ready to give up? What would you say to them? I would say you turn to Jesus. He will help you. No, don't ever lose hope. Never, ever, ever lose hope. No matter what you're going through, you turn to Jesus and you read the scriptures and you let those verses on those pages just come off of the pages and become indelibly inscribed in your heart and believe what God says. Believe him. And as long as you have him, whatever you're going through, just discouragement. Let me tell you, discouragement doesn't come from God. God says, I'll help you. Discouragement comes from Satan, and we know that. So do not receive discouragement. Just say, God, I don't understand this. I don't even really like it. But you will see me through. There's always hope. You know, I think that you. within our family, I think that has been moms uh, for all of, all of our family, whatever we might have gone through in our lives, different times. Uh, that's always been mom's deal for us. You don't ever give up. You don't ever quit. And, and she says, we're going to come through this, not somehow. But triumphantly. But triumphantly. That's always what she says. And that's what you've lived during this time. So I think that's the word for today is whatever you're facing, we don't give up. We don't quit. We trust the Lord. And as best we can, we keep moving forward. Absolutely. Now, Mom, one last question. What would you say, because we're all so thankful the Lord has healed you. And we're praying now that you'll stay healed. Right. And that you'll stay healthy. Right. And that that affliction will not ever rise up again. We're trusting God for that. What would you say to the person out there or to the family out there who they had a, a loved one who was diagnosed with cancer or some other disease? And just like we prayed for you to be healed, they prayed for their loved Absolutely. one to be healed, and Absolutely. yet their loved one died. Absolutely. What, what do you say to that person? I'm so glad that, we, that, we, that you brought this up because I want to emphasize, we prayed for Charles's mother. She had cancer. She wasn't healed on this earth. We wanted her to be healed on this earth. But God says, I've got, a, I've got a, the ultimate healing for her. I'm healing her in heaven. So that's what we have prayed. All of us have prayed for family and friends. And God chose not for some reason. We don't understand God's mind. But he chose for some reason not to heal them on this earth. And that is okay. Because he did heal them. And they are healed with a perfect body in heaven. And you know, in Deuteronomy, it says the secret things belong to the Lord. Right. We don't know why that God chooses to heal some here and some in heaven. But what we do, we trust him enough. And that's what I said, Lord, either here or there, you'll heal me. And it's okay. Well, and you, you lost your sister when she was how old? I lost my sister when she was like 14 months old and I was seven years old. And I will never forget that. I thought, oh my goodness, goodness gracious. And my mother said, you know... She is in heaven, Dottie. She, couldn't, she wouldn't have been well like you. So God just said, I'm going to bring her on up here to heaven and give her a new body. And that was good for me. And when, I was, when my mother and my daddy, and I was very close to my parents, you know that. And Mimo and Big Pop, we were close to them. And, and those of you who have like you're close to them, but when you're, when you're thinking about where they are, it helps the hurt not to be quite as bad, even though you miss them. But you think, that's what's best for them. Right. And so God will, he has helped us through 
the death. And your, and your two brothers, my, my Uncle brothers. Phil and Uncle Wayne, we prayed that they would be healed, and, and, and they were, but they were healed in heaven. My two younger brothers, younger, I mean, I'm older, they were younger than me, and my, Phil was my mentor. I mean, I, he just loved God so much that I just wanted to talk to him all the time. And Wayne was my encourager. And we prayed, and they had faith, and we just knew they would be healed. I knew they would be healed. They were not healed on this earth. But thank God, they are in heaven, sitting at the feet of Jesus, or walking around, or singing, or whatever they're doing. They are happy, and they are well. And when I picture my family and that uh, atmosphere, it just brings peace to my heart. And so whichever way it goes. Oh, it's okay. That's what I told the doctor. Whichever way, I'm good with that. Because our times are in his hands. We're not to question that. I think it's pretty obvious that this is the best preacher in the family <laughs> by far. <laughs> She's the best preacher in the family. Well, Mom, we get to go and we could talk for another hour, couldn't we? Yes, but I do want to tell people, don't ever forget what you have in Jesus. Don't get so bogged down with stuff. Stuff, 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 and things and situations that Jesus just comes here. And when, when he told me, you put my presence here and your problem here, if you put your problem before acknowledging my presence, Dottie, you won't make it. And I said, no, no, no. And I just would encourage everybody, you keep Jesus where he is supposed to be and all is well. One day we go, I'll be in heaven. Right. We are. We're right. going to all be up in heaven. And so that's something that we look forward to. And I, don't, I know it's no. time to stop. I'm no, no, looking no. at the but, clock. Um, but, hey. Daddy did this to me. <laughs> <laughs> hey, Mom, before we do stop, and in a minute we're going to have an invitation, uh, you and I both know um, that the only thing better than being saved is to be saved and know that we're absolutely, saved. Absolutely. And I think that's the reason you had such peace through this. Absolutely. You knew you were saved. Uh, that's and right. You know, what would you say to the person out there who's, who, who's in the service today who says, you know what, I don't know if I could go through something like that because I don't, I don't think I would have that peace. I'm not sure what would happen to me when I die. I'm not sure that I'm saved. What would you say to that person? I would say none of us are even, we don't have the next minute guaranteed to us. I would say if you didn't have that peace in your heart, if it were me, I would fall prostrate before God. And I would say, oh, God, thank you for Jesus. Thank you that Jesus died on the cross for my sins. And would you please come into my heart and forgive me of my sins, Lord, so that I can enjoy your presence now and I can feel your comfort no matter if I walk through the valley of the shadow of death. It's okay if I have you in my heart. And then one day, I'll be with you in heaven. I would just say immediately, if you don't have Jesus in your heart, just pray and invite him into your heart and receive him and let him rule your heart and rule your life so that no matter what comes, you can handle it. Right. You can handle it. And it won't handle you. There's a, that's another story. Okay. <laughs> hey, welcome back. Thank we, you. Thank we you. love you. Thank you. We love you. Hey. With our heads bowed and eyes closed today, mom said it right. She said, immediately, immediately, if you don't have that peace in your heart that, that you know you're saved, why don't you just call on the Lord and ask him to save you? Would you just pray this prayer? Say, Lord Jesus, 
I don't have the full assurance that when I die, I'm going to heaven. I hope I am. I think I am. But I don't know for sure. And God, I need that assurance. And so I ask you now, come into my heart. Forgive my sins. And make me a Christian. I ask you to save me. And I trust you to do it. And Lord, whether I live or whether I die, it'll be okay. Because I'm trusting you. And I have you in life. I'll have you in death. And I'll have you for all eternity. I trust you, Jesus. I do trust you with all my heart. Oh, God, I pray somebody prayed that prayer today. Oh, God, I think Mom would say it was all worth it. Every hour of chemo, every trip to the doctor, all of it was worth it. If just one person got that settled in their heart today. God, don't let anybody listening to this program live or online or at some other time. God, don't let them go from here without making the greatest decision they could ever make to put their faith and trust in Jesus. For it's in his name we pray. And all the people said, amen and amen. We have a good God. Amen. We have a good God.